was a bit of a strange idea, don't you think? Mm -hmm. A testicular cancer testing booth at a film festival? Well, it's out of left field, but it's for a good cause. Yeah, what cause? Hello, this is Neighbours. We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast, and we overanalyze episodes of the Aussie soap Neighbours from Melbourne's PirateNet Studios in Australia. I'm Vaya. I work in showbiz. I have trouble suspending disbelief. And I am using Ned's laptop out the back of Harold's to connect to CJ, the hot mess mum, Catherine Jones. Hello. Hello. How are you going, everyone? Good, I imagine. Great. Trucking along. And we have, known as at Remude on Twitter, it's Kate. Hello. Hi, everybody. And this is Neighbours Unplugged. Uh, and I should look, I'll roll our theme song. Why the heck not? We'd never do it live, but we will do it right now live. Vaya, I can't hear the song. Oh, it's because I had it on preview. Vaya Pashos. Oh, try it again. Don't act like a space kid. I can't try it again. It's our first take. All right, I'll do it again. If we can't make this work, CJ's open on the cans already. If we can't make this work, with no media. But we're going to try one more time. Okay. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbours. CJ, Kate and Bea. Let's get the neighbours. And that's usually where I introduce us, but I've already done it. Because we're living in higgledy-piggledy land. It's higgledy-piggledy times. And... Uh, I've currently gone back to work uh, during a time when I haven't been working, so time is of the essence, which means no time to edit. I have created new time. This is how you create time. This is one take. That means I usually cut out things like little tiny idiosyncrasies that you don't normally notice. Like I do this clicky thing, like these annoying clicky things. They're all staying in. We all have verbal ticks that I cut out. They're all staying in. The worst of our swears, or my swears. <laughs> I don't cut out a lot of them. <laughs> she normally cuts things out so I don't get cancelled. Yeah. Yeah. I just sniffed and I have Tourette's, so sometimes I cut out ticks. Let's just look. Why don't we just segue on in to Neighbours Council Business. Sweetie, it's just business. I've never rolled any of these things live before. That's great. No, well done. This is, I'm having flashbacks to commercial radio days. I was the worst panel operator. I once accidentally put the dump button on. I accidentally pressed the dump button with my breast. Like I leaned over the panel and my breast hit the dump button, which puts the station, takes the station out of delay. So if you have something offensive on air, you dump <gasps> it and then the seven second delay is erased and everything resets. And then you were like dropping C-bombs when you woke that up. <laughs> Then they escorted me from the building. I was the worst panel operator and I was always nervous and stressful, so this, this is a good ride. Um, Sergeant Bilko the cat is here. Fantastic. So business. This is it, Neighbours Unplugged. It's a trial. It's an experiment. We are also – DJY on our previous episode brought back the word simulcast to my life and I really <laughs> want to say that we are simulcasting to a select group of – our uh, Neighbours Council members and Patreon patrons who have joined the link. Can we be simulcasting from the Royal Melbourne show? Yeah. Oh. There's that, there. those days? Oh, wow. I have um, been part of a broadcast from the Royal Melbourne show 
and I went up on a ride and I would get motion sickness. But so that people would like me, I said, I'll go on a ride. And it was called the Triple XL or something. And I went around and around and around and up and down and crissy crossy and then stepped off the ride and threw up. And that was live on oh, radio. I threw perfect. up threw up around Melbourne from the show. Anyway, I'm I'm so nervous I'm word vomiting. Someone else talk. Um oh, well, we've we've got to give a um a birthday shout out today. Of course we do, we do Kate. Um, long-time listener and friend of the pod, Brett Bowman has had a significant birthday yesterday. BB, happy milestone birthday to you. Yeah. And lockdown. second in lockdown. So amazing. And he came from lockdown in New York. Yeah. Like the, the, things get real. This used to be an interesting story and it's not one now. And it would be one that they would cut out of the podcast if yeah. we went live. But I can just say things now. CJ's taken the wheel. <laughs> um, oh, I've Don't knock I bumped that. the mic. I can't cut that out. Shit. <laughs> what, tell, us, tell us your sporing story. Go. Well, no. I was in New York when swine flu, went, which is like an epidemic, right? So it's like not as big as now. But it used to be an interesting tidbit about my life. But now it's like nothing. It was... <laughs> literally a cold um, but um they had like things happening in new york for swine flu like that was like intense i can't imagine what it was like with covid mm. so brett's really you know he's done the miles yeah my, um, my I, main I just, comparison is just what they do on svu mm. is what happened in all of new york which is when they take their masks off inside so you can see their pretty faces kate I actually got a message from Brett this week saying, devastated, I'm not your fave neighbours pod guest ever. Because <laughs> Kate gave that honour to David James Young. Who's in our comments tonight. Yeah. And I said, look, sorry, I forgot. And I said, you're, t- you're top three, mate, up there with Colette. But also your reasoning <laughs> was because you, you hooned him to the um, train station. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, but I also said to Brett, how about next time you bring your own sting and then maybe we'll check out the rankings again. We'll reassess. Yeah, see how I go tonight. Um, people might be better off if they bring their own stings. Do you, uh, know, do you know what I love? That there's people yes. above Millsy on anyone's <laughs> list. Like, look, he, he, he held your child. He held my baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I um, lived in the moment then. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to reflect on it. <laughs> And look, um, recently me, we went to we went to Colette's house. Oh yeah. God, she had us a beautiful home. Mm, That'd be a does. nice one to be locked down in. Mm. And that mm. might be something I cut out of the pod because we don't want to talk about people's personal homes. But no, staying in. Uh, I recently was talking to. I dubbed him on our in the titling when he was a guest, like our number one fan, Nick Schildberger. If he's got his own podcast network uh, business, Sound Cartel, but he was like, I don't think I'm your number one fan anymore I'm like no mate you're months behind talk to me again when you're up to date people message us when the episode drops and they react Hmm. once you fall behind you are dethroned friend sorry sorry Hmm. about it that's business out the cat's meowing so she's doing business with you got the radio bug again this is gonna very high tech there that's that's the end of it we're going to discuss the week commencing the 6th of September, but I really want to kick us off from the 7th of September of on what I deem Ceramic Pig Tuesday. It's like Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. Once a year, the planets align and Neighbours brings us Ceramic Pig Tuesday. And it is it. kind of like, it is like the royal show. You, you just one day, all the pigs, as far as, as far as the eye can see. 
starts with I've got my little piggy emojis. Consult my rundown. It starts hang, with hang, we've got a hang, sorry yeah. sorry we've got a ceramic pig in our comment section. Oh who 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 who? It's literally called ceramic pig. Oh beautiful. Well this is perfect. The cat's crashing at the door. This is perfect. This is your time, CP. We have my bookmarks for this discussion. Yes, CJ. I'm waving goodbye to Rory. She's watching at UK Pace. They are. Right, they are, yes. Sorry, I knew a a female Rory. That's very important. Yeah. Gilmore. Um, If if you don't want to be spoiled and you're watching live, see you later. Uh, Or if you do, stick around. So here are my bookmarks for this Ceramic Pig Tuesday. We have the Thrupple Sauna. We have Gaz Pidge Cam. And we have Jungle Toadie. I mean... I, 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 when I was watching it, I was reassessing my neighbours watching Korea because I thought this is a shocker. This week is a snoozer. How are we going to even talk about it this week? This is terrible. It fired up towards the end of the week. There was a like a big hitter coming up towards the end of the week, I thought, but we don't get to talk about it until we cover off these items. This is our punishment. Okay. Let's, okay, thruple sauna, let's go because we tie off where we left last week, which was Judgy Evelyn, Levi's mum, not okay with um, anything really, with Sheila, the, the cannery. But then this week, Colin to Kennedy, Carl lets slip to her that her son is in a polyamorous relationship and then Levi cuts sick at his nan thinking she spilt the beans, but of course it was Colander. And then... How did they ever think they were going to keep it secret when everybody on the street who is who are the only people you ever bump into in Erinsborough all knew about it? It's I, I feel like in any situation, regardless of if you're in a lockdown or not, if you get wind of the fact that one of your acquaintances is in a thruple or a polyamorous yeah, like, situation, hmm. straight on the grapevine, like finally hmm. something has happened that you can talk to people about on your Zoom calls. Yeah. Yeah, there's a polyamorous thruple that live around the corner <laughs> oh, no. from me. I, I, sorry, I was just trying to count it out. There's some kids there as well. But there's, um, yeah, and everyone in the neighbourhood knows. Like, yeah, everyone. Hmm. Someone we know entered into I mean, a situation. Like, there's a whole genre of reality shows based on sister wives. Yeah. And a whole religion. <laughs> Many religions. <laughs> so it's, look, it's water cooler chat. So Evelyn gets wind, but Amy, beautiful Amy, I think I feel like CJ, can you talk a bit about Amy winning over Evelyn? Because I think it was a marketing masterpiece scenario. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, look, we um, constantly bring up when there's issues with girl-on-girl hate or, or, or issues on neighbours. And this week it was actually quite nice because Amy decided to stop hanging back and not – getting to know Levi's family and just sort of walked over and went through everything. Like they they knew she knew at this point because of Carl and they just kind of like lay everything on the table and were really vulnerable, both both of the women, Amy and Levi's mum. But they were really kind of talking mum to mum mm-hmm. at that level, weren't they? And yeah, judgment which is to weird. judgment. Yeah. Like, you know, when you've been judged and, and cut out of a family and, oh, she really yeah, and Amy would be just like, look, I know what it's like. You go through all the battles of the teenage years and finally you get them out the other side and they're starting their careers and then suddenly, you know, they're dating someone you don't, they, you don't really know. And <laughs> <laughs> It's like this would be a nice mother's group if not for the fact that she was dating her son. 
and oh. another man. It's like an empty nest mother's group. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I meant to bring this up the last time I was on the pod, and now you two both have a Warrnambool connection. Mm. Um, do you guys think – what do you think of Evelyn? She's from Portland, which is kind of the next big town further along towards the South Australian border. Do you think she's plausibly from that area? She feels very, very classy. Oh, I don't know. I'm not good at judging these. These. I, I think a much more vulnerable establishment type people. She is. But I'm wondering if Portland, so what do they have there? They have a lot of industry. I'll tell you what, they've got, got a bloody big port and an aluminium smelter. And they mm. do a com- I they, doubt- do, they used to do a comedy festival. I don't know if they still do. Mm. Um, well, I'm just wondering whether she's her and her family are involved in something, you know, industrial out there. Mm. Also, my mum went to two of the boarding schools in Hamilton, which is like not a fancy place. She went to one of them and there's two there. Wow. And they were quite fancy. So maybe she yeah. went to one of those schools. Okay, yeah, because we don't know if she's born in Portland. She just somehow. She, she had her, her Frangers era. She definitely era. <laughs> had some time in Frankston. But, look, we need to get to the sauna. So Evelyn's like, everything's fine here. Everything's hunky-dory. Amy's talked her around. She's like, you know what, son, you do you, as we say on this pod. I got kids back home. They need me. Everything's fine here. I'll see you in a bit. See ya. And doesn't even stay to clean up the pasta dishes. Like, everyone else has to do it. And the next day, Levi's like, well, I think I'm ready to go on some dates with my missus again. Oh, better check the diary. Oh, she's busy with Ned. Do you think they've combined their Google calendars? Because that would <laughs> really, really punch things up. Yes, I really think they have colour-coded. Roxy mm. seems to have access to the Google Cal. Roxy's on the Flamingo Bar Google Drive. She knows that Amy is taking a sauna, which is maybe part of Lassiter's. It looked- it, well, it's, is it the same sauna where Ned nearly died in? Oh, was it Ned? Yeah, Ned nearly passed Oh, yeah, because Levi brings it up as chit-chat. Remember when you died here, nearly? <laughs> um, and Levi wouldn't know about that, right? Like he didn't live. Um, uh, Le- Levi was still in school. Amy then. told him. <laughs> Amy told him because when you're in a thruple, you know all of the dirty secrets of each other. Yeah, I guess Amy knows all about Scarlet and all of the things that happened with Scarlet and Yashvi and, yeah. Um, I want to talk about Scarlet's little hidey hole, not hidey hole, um, fence with holes coming up. We saw that again this week. Um, our comments are bringing up that there's a lot of admin associated with polyamory, like no shade, mm. but, wow, you've got to have your ducks in a row. And they didn't this time. So Levi has done the old <sighs> Lassiter's love sweet routine and popped up into the sauna where Amy's having some relaxation time because apparently it's meant to be sexy. I don't think so. I think you feel like you're going to die. Yeah. Isn't that the point of the sauna? You just sit there until you go, I've got just enough strength to open the door again. <laughs> and then you get out. Yeah. I-, I used to really like having deep, deep and meaningfuls with people in the sauna when the gyms were open. And what so- would you talk about? Oh, journeys mainly. <laughs> no, just how's your journey? Trips and through deserts. Yeah. No, I think it makes you vulnerable because you're in like this situation that's not not comfortable in any way. And 
Um, Avery's pointed out in our comments, the only thing that sounds harder than a sauna is sex in a sauna. There are a lot of hard surfaces. But also it's a lot of wood. That's like feels very unhygienic yeah. to like add to more fluids in there other than just sweat. And what does Levi say to Ned? He's like, you keep that tail around. Because Amy's like, you know what? We're all here. We're all part of each other's lives. Let's just shoot the breeze together. They nooded up in bed together a couple of weeks ago. They had a cuddle. Let's just chill. And they try it. But then Levi, I think, cops an eyeful of Ned's full frontal persona and it's like, this is too much. I can't deal with it. But then you have to pick one of us. And I thought he was saying you've got to pick one of us full stop, but no, he just meant pick one of us for the sauna and Amy picks Levi because she's you know, wants to check in on him. So Ned leaves and then Levi's like, oh, I can't stop thinking about Ned's bum. I'm like, but you saw the front of Ned. Where did you see his bum? Did you download Fandangle in that short time and see it online? Was it it like cake stuck to it? Do you reckon he did? Do you reckon like, um, you know, Levi and other people that weren't around when Ned had the fandangle situation of like gone onto the dark web to find. Oh yeah. That, those things that they would be Carl and or Toad would be passing them around mm. basically. And like, you know, welcome to Ramsey street pack. Mm. Here you go. Here's the nudes. Yeah. There's a special WhatsApp group. We know there's a, we know there's a Ramsey street WhatsApp group. There's a special WhatsApp group. If you want those. Um, also good news for OnlyFans fans. It's back on with the X rated content. So it's great for Ned and co. Um, Front bum, says Ceramic Pig in our chat, and that's what actually how I wrote it in my notes. I wrote Ned front bum. Just like Harry and Milsey. Yeah. When Harry was just like, whoa. When Harry met Milsey. Bedazzled. Um, that's all I have to say on the sauna. I don't, yeah, logistics is going to bring down this relationship. Oh, did, how about in um, the conversation between Amy and Evelyn, how Amy had to clarify that, no, they weren't all having sex together. Yeah. Which, and That's, she says mm. we're not a thruple, but I love the word thruple so much that I just call them that. I don't know what else to call them. I don't know what their ship name is. It's They don't have good names for ship names. It's like Lenamy. Lamed. Ledamy. Ledamy. I have yeah. to burp, but I can't do that. <laughs> um, I actually am starting to think. It's really – so I've got a friend that keeps messaging me saying, wow, Neighbours has got a thruple or polyamory or um, – and this week she sent me a message like, oh, Toadie's girlfriend's a touch older. Like, you know, and um, – <laughs> Excuse me, that is our Melanie. Yeah. Damn. How very dare she. I'm pretty sure she only started watching the show um, because she's had a baby named Isla recently. Oh. So I think I think that's why. But um, Hope she doesn't get triggered. To yeah, warn her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I've fully warned her. But um, I, 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 th- I think neighbours, you know, is being quite open with having new different relationships on television and so forth. But I think a lot of comedic focus on them being bad at the admin. Mm. It, it's not. It, that's not great, right? Like that's not really. I well, I feel like th- you can you want to have lighthearted moments on this soap. And if we we have to let them have them somewhere, and if they're not going to make fun of the lifestyle choice, I'd rather them make fun of the admin. You know, that's very true. I mean, I'm just want to see the make fun of Toady in his underpants. <laughs> that's that's where I want the fun. Great segue, Catherine Jones. Kate, would you would you like to take us into the jungle? 
I'm a celeb toady, get me out of here. Yes. So um, that did not get a reaction and I thought it would continue. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, well, Toad and um, Toad realises that he really um, wants wants to try and win back Melanie. He's, he doesn't really want um, Rose. So what does he do? He likes a grand gesture. He goes out into um, Puffy's sex porch um, and then turns it into a bit of a jungle. And you know how, you but, know what I think he got all of those plants from? The water the, the hole. Nursery. Oh, the, I was going to say the nursery. <laughs> I was gonna, they're haunted by the ghost of sexy Sonia. That makes much more sense, Kate. Well, I reckon the waterhole must have gone to the nursery to get all their extra plants for the foliage eavesdropping wall. Yeah. So Toadie just went and put in the waterhole order at the nursery for the patio. So Toad invites Melanie over and he lies down like he's like a bloody play playgirl model or, um, from the 70s. What's her name? Rose. Not Rose, um, Kate Winslet in Titanic. Paint me like one of your French calls. Oh. Except poor Melanie opens the door to find the jungle toad lying there and he's like, hey, how about it? This is what we do best. And she's like, what, you just want me for sex? Yeah. Which, shout out to neighbours. So she used the S-E-X word there. It's Once they, once they opened the floodgates, the sex floodgates, like a few months ago, oh. now they can't stop saying it. But, yeah, like how insulting to Melanie. Like, you know, that's all that he really did want her for, wasn't it? You know, like that that was his best way to apologise to her. It was actually Mackenzie's advice. Like, why don't you go back to your roots of how you started, which turned out to be roots? Has she had sex? Well, that's what I feel like we're getting a little bit shortchanged because we haven't delved into her and Hendrix's intimate relationship and I feel like that would be a really rich area story-wise. Mm. But no, we're, they're just going to run around playing zombies, which is cute too, but I'd like the other thing as well. Olivia's just pointed out in the comments that it's incredibly insensitive and tone deaf. What better way to win back, apologise to someone than reminding her of her reputation? Yeah, remember how um, yeah. the legal- He's lying there and going, oh, I've uh, heard you bang like a da- dunny door. <laughs> That's what they say around the legal traps. In fact, is that legal legal Beck calling in? Should we take a dial in? Should we do it? Sure thing. Tick. In the meantime, we you know why they had this falling out. Um, oh no, someone else tried to call, but they had the name back. Oh, are we getting are we getting catfished live on air? That could be fun. Oh, maybe it's my hacker. <laughs> CJ's <laughs> Facebook's been hacked again. It's fun times. Now, what I was going to say is, Kate, the reason he had to make up with Melanie, it's hard to lose track because they've broken up and got back together about seven times in four days. Bloody bloody Rose is causing all manner of trouble. Isn't she? I'm yeah. Just, I'm just sick of, you know, last time I was on I said that the the toady is constantly asking for Mel to mother him mm. and, you know, we've talked countless times that he kind of just throws her aside and then realises that he shouldn't and this just happens over and over again in their relationship and it's just I'm sick of it. Can't he just think of her first? And, he's, and stop. he's terrible. Our beautiful Melanie is just being treated like trash. And I'm new, excuse me, I'm new to Melanie. So I wasn't expecting to like love and embrace her as much as I am, but she's just a joy. Um, and you know what um, Rose has done apart from, and I thought she couldn't stoop lower than buying up all the legally blonde costumes from the costume shops, but she has looked up 
well, she's gotten in contact with Justin Puke, as my partner calls him. Justin Puke, who they've, they've got their contacts because his wife rammed her car, um, no, threw a rock at her car. And she called him up and said, so if you want me to drop the charges against your wife, go and have a coffee with your ex and ex-mistress and at a particular time of day so that I will tee up her current squeeze to walk past the scarlet fence and look through the peepholes at that time. How did she know he'd be free and they'd be free and Mella would agree to it and everyone would <laughs> It's exhausted. They, this this person and the wife had a restraining order against, mm. like, why would he just go for coffee to avoid, I mean, it would only be a fine, like pay for the window and be done with it. It's a lawyer. Why would Melanie turn up? Uh, it's because plot, because plot. Every, everything's a real reach on this one. So. Um, anyway, but oh, it, Mel it, looked. It, Mel's really glammed up this week, I thought. I mm. thought they've really given her a zhuzh. But also Suze's done a 180 as well. She feels bad and actually, and Rose feels bad to a degree um, about how hurt Melanie is. I did believe Suze's 180 because I really liked her explanation that, look, Toadie went through a lot when, <laughs> when his dead wife came back. <laughs> I feel like we need like a sting, you know, based on that. Yeah, I, I've been everywhere, man. So yes. <laughs> explaining his love life. Yeah, I'll make that for when we're. I next. had a wife, yeah. died a wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll work on that offline for next time. And she was in witness protection. Yeah, Susan's like, you know, when his dead wife came back, when she swindled him, when she then, then his real wife died, and then, mm. um, then his adult wife came back. And da, 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 da. We really felt sorry for him, and we're looking out for him. But now we realise you're legit, and you're a good egg. And I'm team Melanie now. I felt that for Susan. She's pure of heart. <laughs> you know who we haven't heard from lately who could really sort him out? Callum. Come back, Callum. Oh, yeah, they recently put a photo of him on the neighbour socials for Father's Day and that really, Aww. like, surprised me. I'm like, oh, there he is. Yeah. Hmm. Don't well, like I, Callum. Yeah, I reckon he, he could sort out his dad, Toadie. Like, he could come in and... And really say, look, Dad, you stop behaving badly. So, yeah, someone's got to because, like, people are feeling bad but no one's giving him, you know, a bit of a, a slap around the wrist, so to speak. And to I feel like the, I ask yeah. this every week but how is that man in such demand? <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the boudoir, Kate. Yeah, yeah. Not like, in the legal profession, which I also question. I mean, I can I can see why Amy's at the centre of this, you know, like love triangle going on, but Toad? Because it's about how you carry yourself. And Amy, you know, she puts on yeah, a good show and, for people out and about. But Toadie's Toad, a bumbling like, fool. Maybe it's got something to do with that nickname that that you've given him. Me or Kate? Kate. Uh, well, both. The, it- the lamp that you've got. What's that called? <laughs> oh, the toad horse. No, because what, what was I calling him last week? Dog was it fish. toad dog? Dog, dog fish. fish. Yeah. He's really good. Sticking with that one. Um, <laughs> I, oh, mental blank. Something about, something about, oh, I've got here Toadie acting, Toadie acting like a 13-year-old later in the week. So Melanie ends it. She's like, well, you're dropped because I'm not just an object here. And then he's really upset. And then he's like, oh, what's what was she doing hanging around with Justin Buke? And I'm sad. And then Rose just plies him with cocktails, free cocktails, oh. which we'll come back to, the free drink situation. 
Kate. I just, I look, I'm still bewildered by a cocktail bar being like an actual place in neighbours. <laughs> a daytime cocktail like, bar. Yeah, like who's going there just getting absolutely smashed every day? Mm. I would happily. The workers, apparently. In lockdown, I'd happily, um, you know how you can order like degustation meals and stuff in lockdown? I'd, I'd do a day cocktail. Flamingo bar, are you delivering during the day? Jimmy brings, bring me some flaming, flaming flamingos, <laughs> flaming roxitos. <laughs> um, that fizzled that conversation because Rose just by the what's end of the ha- week. What's happened to Rose? She's just she's she was great, and then yeah, she's come back, and now she's she's a mole. And I was having a rant about it on last pod about characters that are changing their stripes like spots, whatever that saying is, with Harlow, little Mm. Missy. And it's actually quite a feat, I think, that on Neighbours a character can be around and you are set in your opinion about them and then on a dime they will turn and suddenly you've swapped sides. Like I can name heaps of them. Like Hendrix I hated, now I like Hendrix. Roxy I hated, now I like Roxy. Harlow I like, now I hate Roxy. Like it's, it's quite an interesting game they play with us. DJ Wise just said in the comments, you either die Sonia or you live long enough to see yourself become Rose. That's deep, man. That is yeah. deep. That's because, fortune cookie worthy. Yeah, because also there'd be many times when if Sonia hadn't died, you know, she, we all love. well, I, I don't know if we all loved her, but I definitely loved her when she died, but I didn't love her all the time when she was on. So that's the thing, she, isn't it? She like, she was on heroin when she was pregnant with poor Callum. Yeah, I mean, pregnancy's tough. And, you know, I can't edit that out. <laughs> that's all. That's... Well, well, Kate's truth bombs hit once again. <laughs> so uh, there's one more thing I wanted to talk about with Rose. It's a very important detail. Well, should we talk about it now or should we save it? It was her extra little marketing feature for the film festival. I think we should talk about it now in case we run out of time. Yes. Oh, we need my to. Lord. Kate's got to get it off her chest. Yeah, or she's, her, she's her bursting. Her, you know, her lap. Yeah. Yeah, hang on. No, I was, my husband and I were cackling about this before as we watched it. Um, it's the, uh, yeah, the shorts and briefs glory hole. I was trying, Kate, you know how many texts I sent out to my male friends trying to figure out an alternate term to glory hole? What do you call it when it's the balls? Is it, <laughs> yeah. Pit? A ball pit? Oh, a ball pit. pit. Look, there is going to be some touching of the sausage if you're going to get to the two two veg, really, aren't you? Kate, you gave us like a really good name for it in our chat thread. Go on. What was it? It starts um, with Carl, Carl Ken- Kennedy. <laughs> Carl Kennedy's hand shandy. <laughs> shack. Carl Kennedy's hand shandy shack. Wow. Um, okay. Apparently, look. Apparently. It's based on, and I did Google this, and there is a BBC News link to this, um, New Zealand launches balls checking booth for testicular cancer. See, even they don't have a good name for it. And what it is, it's essentially like a, a, a box that the, the quote-unquote doctor is inside because really you're not really checking credentials there, are you? Like there's literally this box with an armhole with a gloved hand <laughs> appearing out of the wall and then you just you walk up to this hand you pull like a um a shower curtain around yourself. the shower curtain was quite alarming i got to say i was and not a gloved a hand curtain. is just groping until they get to your your testicles right that's 
That's a good time. And it's very well-meaning. It's a very good cause, Kate. It's a very <gasps> good cause. you, you got to catch that had... testicular cancer early and sometimes you are a shy man. What if you've had five or so cocktails at the Flamingo Bar <laughs> and you go, oh, man, I'm off to the shorts and briefs now, but, oh, my God, I've got to go and have a slash. Oh, this, this must be one of those new, like, oh, urinals going on here. And then you, you pull the curtain around yourself, his hand comes out and you go, what? I've never seen this before. <laughs> I was going in the Can other- I give you a hand? <laughs> I was going in the, the other direction. I was picturing like Roxy or someone having a few too many or Sheila and just going, yeah, come on, check me out. <laughs> Where do you want me? That that hand at a film festival is going to get pissed on 100%. <laughs> I sent this out to friend of the pod, Hunter Smith, who I met when both of us were extras on Neighbours. I'm glad that's how that sentence ended because of where it could have gone yeah, after the last conversation. Places. Yeah. Um, I texted him the link, the BBC link, said Erin getting one. Um, and he just goes, all caps, where can I volunteer? The ultimate extras gig. And it is such a shame that I don't think they're letting extras on set at the moment because that is that would have been an opportunity for Hunter Smith. So, so this is like you know we spoke of Sonia before. This has got to be a storyline that is being worked on by a charity or a, a health group or something oh, like that, yeah. right? Someone's got to get it, or fear they're getting it. Yeah. Well, I was thinking this is better than like having one of our characters die dramatically mm-hmm. at a beach. Oh yeah, yeah. Give yeah. me a pop up booth any day. Yeah. I don't I don't want Dr. Carl going I found a lump. Oh gosh, I I could Can not. I, one nog at a time, ladies. Let's detect. <laughs> um but I want to make the comparison here. So the idea is that if you're feeling intimidated or shy and you don't want to go to the, your doctor for a fondle which is not what it is. It's clinical. They check things. Yeah. Then you, you can go anonymously. You have to uh, have to eyeball your balls. You would think, like, rather than just being this gloved hand emerging yeah, from a I wall. I find it in in. Like I've lost the adjective. Infinitely more sexual to have it be anonymous and just a hole in a body part. To me, that just there's something raunchy and R-rated about that. Whereas just sitting in a in an, a brightly lit medical room under a sheet and then the doctor looks at what they're meant to look at it just takes away any of that eroticism what if the doctor just goes on smoko for five minutes and someone goes here's me chance (laughs) like when i went to get the covid test at the royal children's hospital for my son and all the testers went on lunch and i'm just sitting in my car what am i gonna do (laughs) gosh um i would have cut that out fyi I would have ended on Kate's punchline. And anyway, we can't. I would we can't do that. There. No, move on. 2020. CJ. Um, I, yeah, I, I think also if your pants are off and you're getting a check, maybe they could whip around and check the other things yeah. that they need to on men. Yeah, it's very specific. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> if Look, if you're listening, just please Google this booth because it's <laughs> – Kate was going to do a PSA then. Like, if you're listening and you're concerned, just talk to your medical health. Oh yeah, specialist. yeah, yeah. Look, hey, COVID. Everything's been put on hold because of COVID. Mm. Um, yeah, don't put this on hold. Yes, get all the tests you're meant Let to someone do. else have a hold. Just, yeah, just say that yeah. again. I talked over it. That was good. 
Let someone else have a hold. But you know, when life's put on hold, let someone else have a hold. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. I. I am concerned though. Do you think that is it over? Is the booth over? No, because it's it's for the Shorts and Briefs Film Festival. Okay. And Susan's and- like. Like so, Rose pitches this to everyone and to Toadie and Carl and Susan are there, and Carl's like, "Oh yeah, this is great. I'll get the hospital on board." And Susan's like, "Is this not weird to you to associate this medical procedure with a film festival?" Well, I, I guess it's it's meant to be a play on the pun of shorts and briefs, right? But even the concept of naming a film festival shorts and briefs, surely they go, "Oh yeah." All right, that's that's funny, Jono, but um, yeah, how about we just call it the um, Erinsborough International Short Film Festival? Yeah, and if if and if it is called Shorts and Briefs, then maybe Rose's pitch could have been something like "Lose your briefs," and you could put a big sign on the booth, like "Come in and lose your briefs, mm. your mal- your health." You think they'd be getting some sort of um, sponsorship from like a big underwear company as well? Oh like, yeah. Um, what was Toadie's called? Toadie's um, – He had a bikini shop. Rebikinis. The oh, Rebikini. That, it's not really canon, though, that one. Oh, isn't it? No, that was in the time travelling. Oh, time travel. I'm all, I'm all a floster he, because of the zombies. To- Toadie had the bikini shop called Bounce. Oh, oh it was a different time. Okay. Um, I think we've extracted all the juice out of the testy boots. Oh, no, no. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. You don't want to milk it anymore? <laughs> oh, so Catherine. <laughs> um, it all stays in. And <laughs> the only other thing. Oh, my we- God. My favourite episodes of Neighbours are when the Junktown boys come in and make you anxious because you can't control them. Now we have this opportunity. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. Just keep it loosey-goosey and then I'm on edge. The other thing that is so dull, we're not going to talk about it on Ceramic Pig Tuesday, is when they strap a GoPro to the pigeon to Gary the pigeon and send him off. And then they have to wait for him to come back for the footage, but they also had an app. So why weren't they just watching the app for the footage? I did want to point out. Fly free. I did want to point out that it reminded me of the drone that caught Brad and Loz. Mm. So I'm wondering what what this pigeon's going to, you know. Well, it it captured it, it, CJ. Yeah. Do you remember? No. Did you micro I'd Probably. Ned and Amy. Oh, but, I mean, who cares about that? Levi cares because he's on the outer. This know, triangle but, is becoming a straight line. But he knows about but, them. But, <laughs> but he, do none of them actually have sex in their own bedrooms? No. no. Or was, was Gaz up on the windowsill just kind of knocking his little wings <laughs> no, against um, them? they explicitly said it was in the backyard because they had just had a barbecue with Paul and Therese in the backyard because Ned was oh, feeling left go. out because Levi got to have a family meal with the throuple. Oh person oh, so they stayed out there on the deck and did the deed got that good yeah got the old snags out <laughs> oh dear they had their snags and then they got their snags out um so that's that because coil suddenly like i am now cutting my work time down to 45 minutes a day at the tram i have time to be a filmmaker that's all yeah, he's and it honestly it sounds bloody god awful that film. Anyway, mm. the pigeon one. At least like Mackenzie's and Hendrix's doesn't seem good, but it seems fun. And Mackenzie, I thought, did a really great performance when she was escaping the zombies. Like she just ripped out a zombie heart. She was running across the the 
precinct and screaming. Like that was fun. That was a good time. I wonder if the, I wonder if the um, social media team will release it. Oh, I, I thought yeah, I would like them to. Um, now that was Ceramic Pig Tuesday. Please, that was a once in a year event. Yeah, never again. <laughs> again have to wait for the moon to go behind the sun or something um the rest of the week so we've got I've done this this is okay at this point gang this is where I consult my notes and I would pause for a minute but um CJ someone else talking I'm gonna look at my notes well I'm actually it's my turn I'm gonna bring up some things now um we went to one of our favorite places this week we went to Goodwood um okay how does the prisoner theme song go he used to he bring, used to bring, bring me, roses. me roses. I wish he oh, again. But that was on the outside <laughs> and things were different then. Sometimes I'm glad I ask things. Um, yeah. Um, so we've still got Jessie hanging around um, just like a bad smell, basically ruining Teresa's life and not caring at all that, I mean, I know that he's a lost little soul, but he just, how many people in Aaronsboro need to tell him, hey, you're actually rattling her mental health? She's grieving her son and so Turns forth. out we only needed one person to tell him that for it yeah. to stick. Also, do you guys trust him? I still don't trust him. Not no. at all. No Not one across all. the board. But Olivia, who's listening at the minute, I noticed you pointed out in the council, like as soon as that episode aired where he left... Olivia's like, oh, well, guess he's not evil. See you later, Margot Robbie's brother. I'm like, whoa, Olivia, how do you know? How can that be it? She was very sure. I'm like, oh, does that mean he's, there's nothing? No more Jesse? Oh, what has else he, he got going on? Has he gone to America or something? Like do we know for sure he's gone, gone? Well, yeah, Olivia's pointing out. So he, Jesse says he moved to Sydney. But, you know, I guess no one's coming out. No one's getting back from Sydney, I guess. Remember when <laughs> Amy stuck left? there with Gladys. Amy left to like live near the airport when she she became a um, flight attendant, and then we just never well, we didn't see her again for like twenty years. Also, Dee said she was dead, and she wasn't. So <laughs> <laughs> things can happen. I'm in Sydney, and he's <laughs> yeah. just back in West Waratah or something. So he comes in earlier in the week, like Monday or Tuesday, and says that his mum wants him to come in to visit. And Therese is like, "Oh, you definitely shouldn't go in. That's the worst idea ever." Paul gives her a chat and she does a backflip and basically says she'll support Jesse to go into the prison. So they make this big plan to go in together. Of course, it's not just his mum. His mum is Jay Quizzle. Oh, and what a breath of fresh air it was to have her back. I know we're not there yet, but, oh, I loved seeing her big, soulful eyes and her her lovely little Beautiful bob. Beautiful accent. Her bob's filled out nicely. Yeah. The prison humidity. She does have a beautiful accent, doesn't she? Mm, it's really um, sweet. And from the minute, minute that Jessie came on, I think both of you were like, where is the mother? We want to see her. Um, Bring me the quizzle. Yeah. <laughs> so it was exciting to see her back. So uh, basically they make this big arrangement. They're going to they're gonna go in the, you know, they're going to go together in the car. What's that called again? When you, when you have a trip. Yeah, carpool. Karaoke. They're carpooling to the prison, and um, they go in. But Jesse doesn't show up. Yeah, except there was a very there was like a few lines of dialogue of why they couldn't go together. It was like, well, Theresa's like, I have this important meeting with suppliers near the prison, so I can't go with you. Like, okay, Therese, 
All right. Can I just wait in the car? No. Josh, I mean, Jesse, you cannot (laughs) wait in the car. Mom, I got my iPad. I can watch a movie. (laughs) I've charged it. No. You remember what happened last time? You spilt your milkshake in the car. And, Um, yeah, so he doesn't show up. But in the meantime, we we find out that Paul is going around, you know, he's trying to stop this from happening. And he's one of the reasons he's he's being selfish, isn't he? He doesn't want Therese to find out about the deal not happening. Yeah, he told Shay that the – he told Therese – that the reason they backed out was because there was accounting irregularities um, concerning debt in Singapore or Malaysia or somewhere. His forensic accountant unearthed. Yes. (laughs) And um, he's worried that Tarage is going to bring it up with the quizzle. Oh, because that's what they told Jesse that was the reason they backed out of the deal. And Jesse's like, well, I'm going to ask my mum about it because she'll be able to clear that up for sure. Yeah, Yeah, mate, she's in prison. And this is a porky pie that... Paul has concocted so that no one realises he's moved a million dollars around to buy his baby. Except he's going to run out of children to borrow $10,000 from every month. <laughs> Not even he, he has won't. enough. I don't think he actually will run out, CJ. Yeah, more will pop up. Mm. We never know when it's going to happen. Um, It's like I just had a really weird – it's like on Angry Birds or Candy Crush or whatever when you run out of a life and you're like, I just got to – I'll watch an ad and I'll get one more life. He's just going to keep, yeah, I'll call one more kid up and get $10 more. Weird. That's drawing a long bow. But it's fine. Yeah, but he can circle back, you know. In four, in five months he can call Leo again mm. and Leo will, I mean, all that's going to happen is he's going to tell David, David's going to judge him. That's about all that's mm. going to happen because David is keeping this secret to the grave at this point. This is the first time I've seen someone on Neighbours like actively keep a secret for someone else instead of immediately spilling it out the second oh, that they know it. With David mm. not telling well, everyone. I mean, it's he's, he's thought about, you know, that patient confidentiality, which he, he does generally like to stick to. So maybe he's kind of applying those rules. Mm. But also this is the first time where David gets to be truly selfish and like, well, this is my mm. child. So if I tell people that dad's borrowed a million dollars, then suddenly this could put People could try and get to Nicolette. This could put the baby. I don't actually know mm. what his logic is. I yeah, I think he'd rather not face the issue of having to because this doesn't. This is not a good light. If if they were going to no. battle it out for, um, you know, a custody arrangement. Um, also, this, this is going to blow apart his relationship with Aaron, isn't it? Yeah, that, that is a massive light of key. I can't see a single relationship still standing. At the end of all of this, the Nicolette bombshell stuff, the um, yeah, the David Paul lie cover up, none of it. No, um, but so far so good. Therese turns up at the prison. No Jesse. She's not going to, you know, the whole conversation is just about Therese's feelings. Which I mean, I do hope Paul. At, for some reason, I don't think it's a good idea for her to sit down with Julie. A uh, Therese came across. Uh, like unhinged. <laughs> I've, been, I've texted my husband to come and get the cash. <laughs> Kate's cat, Purry, was circling that microphone for about five minutes and chose that exact moment to knock it over. It was amazing. <laughs> Sorry, hang on. We're about to have the, the anonymous hands come in and grab the cat. He just knocked over the mic. <laughs> um, perfect timing. Great comedic timing, Purry. But... Um, but they were some of the most powerful scenes. 
From the cat. <laughs> from two women on Neighbours, Julie and Therese. So I'm, I don't care if it was unwise. I'm glad they had that powwow. Um, it was because but she's, she because, was all like, you know, like you took my my son from me and now I've got your son. <laughs> well, that's what Julie thought at first. She's like, why are you here talking about my kid? This is some weird payback. I know yeah, you Ramsey the, Street folk. He's going to be squashed. <laughs> um, but then there was this point where Therese was like, you know, they're so similar. And in my head I'm like, they're both pretty boys. They well, Jesse seems nice though. I don't think I ever yeah. said that about Josh. No. Josh was really self-centered. Yeah, and pushy and I know. Look at look at CJ. CJ's biting her tongue right now. <laughs> Go for it, CJ. But we're all, I'm reminded now of the uh the the coward punch. Mm. Yeah. I mean, mm. he wasn't he wasn't great. And how um, little and how little baby Matilda was conceived when Amber was distraught mm. at being jilted at the altar and like crying and inconsolable and Joel's like Joel Good, Josh is like, let's get me end in here. Yeah. No, no, he wasn't any good. And back to David, um, DJ Wise point is he didn't die a Sonia, did he? But he did a little bit. They all a little bit die a Sonia. You know, Um, I've lost the analogy a little bit. Oh, um, no, he didn't. He didn't get the angel when he left the building, you know? No. He got sucked down into the bloody basement. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get towards the home stretch because there's some important things that happen on Thursday's episode, but I um, wanted to just have a moment for those powerful scenes between Julie and Therese and how neither would let the other kind of get away with their agenda. Like Julie said her piece about how she lives with this every day. And Kate, you, your point, you were telling me off air about you couldn't believe her saying, I, I've thought about Josh every day. <laughs> and and yeah. we were both like, did, did you, Therese? She doesn't has, think about him every day. How come you do? Poor Julie Quill, though. Like, he's not worth thinking about every day. Like, seriously, prison is punishment enough. I think that's – you d- just write him off at this point. Maybe it's she, all right. Maybe she, you, you're doing your time. Don't make it worse. Maybe Julie's watching Home and Away in prison. Georgie just reminded us that he's doing a stint over there as a oh, – As snort, a doctor? A surgeon. A, what? Yeah. He barely graduated high school. <laughs> My God, what a scare. Georgie says he's looking fine. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, he's well, saving he all- people in ra- like road accidents and stuff. I saw wow. like a, you know, oh, action sequence. That- I was going to say, it does sound very home and away, doesn't it? So home and away. <laughs> action. Another week, another car rolls <laughs> off a cliff. Snore. Another the bogan comes up and, I don't know, does bogan things. But, like, I'll tell you what, they've got action. We've got bloody um, sexual intrigue, okay? Yeah. How about that? Yeah. We've got f- foliage, back porch sexual escapades plus people um, come back from the dead every like got, week on neighbors we've got gloved hands about to fondle genitals okay. i don't even know there were gloves involved <laughs> thank god <laughs> um the the thing that got me though cj was in the aftermath see uh, Tarage comes back from the prison and she's you know like okay she's a bit c- cleansed and then she looks at paul and she's like but hang on i'm very confused jesse was really happy at lassiter's and we got along really well and i thought he was my fake son and why did he just go without saying? And, and Paul's like, oh, just he's young, he's flighty. Stop talking about it. Stop thinking about it. What what Paul should have done was gone to um, that housekeeper, Beck, Rebecca, Rebecca, who's Rebecca, the 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 rabble rouser, um, <laughs> and and come to some sort of arrangement with her. 
and because you know he was essentially providing scab labor during the strike and um you know he could say oh well rebecca you know you you've got your demands here that we um fire the scab workers and i'm not firing my granddaughter but i'm a, you know we can get jesse out i think that would have been a far more reasonable way to actually like boot him out of lassiter's uh, side note from Becky, and I remember to screenshot this so I wouldn't have to pause in our Unplugged, but Becky in our council on Facebook said, I thought Rebecca looked familiar. Turns out she played the prosecutor when Paul went to prison for the Lassiter's explosion, oh. which Julie Quill was behind. So kind of funny timing for her to be back. Yeah, deep cut. Yes. Look up uh, episode 7381 on com. So there. Unless that is really the prosecutor who's just fallen on hard times and she's had to get back into some frontline work. Justin Buke style. Maybe <laughs> maybe she was having it off with him too. Yeah. Um, but I, what I just love is Paul just assuming he can just do schemes and people in the world won't have any follow-up questions about anything ever. So he, That's worked for him so far. So Do- David just tells Jesse, look, Teresa's messed up. Go away. You remind her of her son. You're cruel. And he's like, all right, go to Sydney. And Therese is like ringing him. And she's like, all right, okay. He says he's in Sydney. He needs a, a new start. And Paul's like, yeah, that's what I told you. She's like, yeah, but like, okay, I just need to check some stuff. Like sometimes people have to check some stuff, Paul. Well, I mean, conceivable people won't be let out of Sydney for a while. So mm. it might, might work out. But you know what? I, I was thinking that. A million dollars for most people, like a million dollar loan and lie is something that you wouldn't really get away with because it's hard to find that $12,000, $13,000 a month to pay it off. Um, But for Paul, he will happen upon that money and like Mm. he's learnt from his life experiences that he just needs to make a good deal and he'll be able to cover this one up and – you know, so that's like, what he's expecting will happen. Like this is a world where diamonds were smuggled in through coffee. Like there'll be money. <laughs> Memories. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's do another. We've got 10 minutes from when we started kind of thing. So let's. Hang on. No, yeah. we've got to approach Harlow here. Yeah, 100%. Because in Lassiter's, there's no middle ground between being an EA and being basically the laundry bitch. <laughs> She's she's down there like she's in an episode of Prisoner in the Wentworth Laundry there uh, with all the steam. I took it a few decades further back. Um, Kate, I don't know if you know the history of Abbotsford Convent in Melbourne. They had like the Maudlin laundries set up and like the sisters oh, would yeah. come in and get – Get the un, un, unwed mothers yeah, in. all what? the gals that had fallen on hard times, bring them in and they've got to work in the harsh conditions – uh, which is if you're ever watching Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries, episode 12, season two, I play one of those nuns overseeing the girls work in the right. laundry. Um, the, it's, it's tough conditions in there, Kate. I just, I don't understand. Surely it would be cheaper for them to have like an outs- outsourced laundry. Actually, yeah. Like the hospital system. Yeah. But a few points here on Harlow. Oh, little so-and-so. Okay. So she's back into housekeeping. Nothing from executive title. She probably had business cards printed. She went on Vistaprint. They're still in the mail. Yeah. They're, they're actually going to come. They're going to trigger her. She's going to be very <laughs> upset when they arrive. <laughs> and she's back in the laundry and Rebecca um, has doubled, tripled her workload and just keeps throwing bags of laundry in front of Harlow. 
which is weird because you where is she getting extra beds from to do that? Well, look, I, I appreciate it because I reckon it'd be that kind of hotel where they just do the barest clean between guests. And I reckon they'd just peel back the sheets and go, oh, yeah, that looks clean, remake the bed. And how many people? There were only three stars. And how many staff are traipsing through those rooms when they were finding Jesse and asking the day he was going to go see Julie? And they're like, oh, I I hear you seeing your mum today. That must be tough. But they're all traipsing through this suite that he was trying to clean. I'm like, guys, get out of the room. You're putting your germs everywhere. He's got got about three minutes to clean this room before having to move off to do the rest of the floor. Um, So... There's this moment where, uh, so okay, so Chloe is back to being Harlow's superior, but she's still sassy Chloe, and she's trying to make light of the fact that Harlow's slacking off her tasks. And she goes, "Hey Harlow, why don't you go? Um, I've noticed there's Mount Washmore's piling up in down in the basement." And Harlow's like, "I was just going to take a lunch break," and um, Chloe's like, "Well, how about you get a load on first, lady? <laughs> like, come on, like." Be an adult here. It's it's not going to wash itself. <laughs> but Chloe could have said that. But she didn't. She goes, oh, okay, no worries. Take your lunch. And then Harlow's like, oh, no, that's okay. I'll skip lunch. Like and sasses Chloe and then marches back down, comes back to Harold's and goes, I've conquered Mount Washmore and starts throwing back her manager's words back at her. I'm sorry. If you do this and I have done this, you will not be welcome back at work if you sass your superior yeah it's i mean it's uh, yeah it's terrible and so something that comes up Mm. is so chloe as a very smart person in regard to the liaison part of her role which is the part that harlow was so desperate to get even though she's terrible at liaising um she roxy tells harlow that actually staff get a knockoff drink at the end of oh, yeah. the day. Big mistake, Roxy. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the brightest. Big moment. mistake saying it or big mistake doing it? Saying it. No, big mistake telling bloody old lagger. Yeah. Um straight well, formerly straight laced, now just a bitch, Harlow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know what you know what it is? We've been waiting for the Rob Rob gene to show itself. And the Rob Rob Jean is knocking on the door, ladies and gents. That's that's exactly it. She's going to kill everyone any minute now. Um, but and so low low. <laughs> Rob from Rob Rob to low low. Um, ha, ha, uh, Chloe uses this tactic as a way to bridge the gap between management and staff. She knows about this, and everyone's. You know, and she's just not telling management and so that they can all be on an even playing field. And they all do it. Amy, Sheila, Chloe. I don't know where Chloe's giving free drinks, rooftop bar probably, but they're all allowing this. I love this little um, syndicate. It it seems, look, I've never worked in hospo. It does seem overly generous <laughs> with, um, uh, you know, alcoholic drinks. Like I can see a coffee. Um, yeah, that's fine. Comedians. But- get paid in my in my day 20 years ago when I was starting out in comedy at open mic nights you you got paid for your set in free drinks like here's two free drinks thank Mm. you this is my salary tonight yeah yeah I used to um be on door for a band and I got paid in drinks and um yeah no I think I think it's completely reasonable. In fact, I think that most hospitality venues would be getting some other things free instead. 
okay, how about like the end of the end of weeks, end of the week drinks? No, like every shift, you might have a drinking problem if you're hitting the bloody flamingo bar at the end of every shift. Particularly if Ned's pouring them. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny actually that they were on him for free pouring when they've <laughs> given him for free. Alex in our comments has pointed out that um, they used to be, they feel bad admitting it, but they used to be a bit like Harlow. And I was too. I can see myself in her shitty behavior because I've done this. I've been, I've had, I've been really arrogant thinking I know too much to managers above me. That's why it's so hard to watch. And I'm not necessarily saying it's bad writing or anything, but it's just a weird shift in Harlow. Like I'm actually enjoying the sport of hating her. It's I'm kind of looking forward to how much I can rag on her every night now. Well, she's the girl who got sent to New York for the environmental conference or whatever. Hope she offset that carbon. Why don't they send her back there? Like, why can't that be her thing? Instead of her trying to prove herself at Erinsborough, where the whole staff hates her, mm. why doesn't Paul have a chat to Lucy and say, Luce, um, you know, Harlow's got some great potential. I really believe in her, um, but she's – you know, I had a bit of a rough start here and I, I would really need you to mentor her woman to woman. CJ. Ceramic Pig has mentioned on our chat, do you think we'll find out Harlow has a brain tumour in three months? Uh, oh, we could get not. Fox back. Was it Fox? Oh, who? the doctor. Is no, it- no, what, no, the guy who ended up being Daniel Robinson, wasn't it? Didn't he start off as a brain, Paul's brain tumour? I, th- I thought this person was referring to Milsey. Yeah. Didn't, but he's a Paul had a brain tumor, didn't he? Hang on. Anyway, what I'm, happened I'm drawing a line through all of this because we're coming yes, up to yes, time. Yes, yes, Fox Daniel Robinson. Okay, yes, there we go. we're coming back to we're coming up to time. And what I need to save, we're going to save for a Patreon trimming. Patreon.com/slash/neighbourspod is one more little detail I wanted to get to. We'll get on to Patreon. Is Montana Cox? That's the teaser. <gasps> hey, she's my friend's cousin. What? Yes. I was going to say, yeah, she's from Australia's Next Top Model. No, she she's a person that you know. <laughs> okay, we save it for Patreon because I have to do, for this unplugged version, we have to go to Citizen or Citizen of the Week um, and I'll get this, the dings ready and we will, at this point, usually we pause and decide who's going to say it first, but there's no time to pause. So whoever wants to step forward and give a Citizen or Citizen. Um, I CJ. will go with a Citizen. Yes. For Toadie. Oh, yeah. Because I haven't got to say that and I've thought it for weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put your stock back in Sonia's nursery. Sonia would never let stock wander out like that. No. And wear clothes around what the stock. F- <laughs> oh, what a foul man. Watch out for those Venus fly traps. <laughs> Put a few you of them know, in I, the I'll- testy booth. I would like to second CJ's citizen, but I, I will add a um, a citizen. Oh, am I getting a sting? No, I wait for the name, mate. Okay. Actually, oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Alex, sorry. our editor, does it when you say the word. I do it after the name. That's a little quirk. Okay. Kate? Right. I would like to give a citizen to um, Melanie. Tell you what, for not, not bloody taking his bullshit, calling him out on it. You know what? Go you. This is why you are our Melanie. I'm going to do a controversial citizen. I'm going to do citizen of the week, Harlow Robinson, for being the biggest citizen I've ever seen that it's so much fun now to watch <laughs> because she's echoing 
what it, she's not even, I was going to say for a 20 year old me, 25 year old me, but she's a teenager. What a teenage person in the corporate world would probably act like. And she's reflecting that. So she's the the shits. She's shit. I'll, yeah, I can't do both, but yes, um, it's it's a joy. It's sport watching her. So oh wow, I'm so relieved we got to the end of that. I hope it recorded. Lol. Um, <laughs> if not, it was a live show. Yeah, it was thank a live you show. for joining us. <laughs> Once in a lifetime opportunity. Hope your screen recorded. Um, a few things. Um, I. Well, I was going to tease our socials, but I stopped doing that because I got it got really boring because every podcast does that. And by this stage, you're like, oh, I've got to, I've got to go. Like, I'm, I've got to do a Zoom call. I don't, I don't care where their socials are. So just check our show notes. Um, but anything else we want to say before we end unplugged? No. Hmm. No. <laughs> Things are pretty. Oh, actually, Kate, I've got a sting for you. Things are pretty grim in Melbs lately. So um, it's been nice to have this to look forward to. Actually, Kate, wait. What yeah, are- yeah. So how, how are things going? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Ma- mainly on the shit, to be honest. Really <laughs> leaning on the latter part of that lately. So it's been nice to have this, even though life's crazy, um, it's been nice to have this little neighbour's island, neighbour's island to look forward to, neighbour island to look forward to. And... You know, I'm going to just keep talking about it yeah, great, until great. it's over. But uh, my Facebook's been hacked. And the, before I even friended these ladies, I rejoined the Neighbours Council. Oh, yeah. That was the first thing I did. This this community, I I don't know where I'd be without this community in, in the last 18 months. So thank you. Yeah, she'd, be, she'd be lost without you. I, oh, yes. We're not going out on Delta, Kate. That is Delta baiting me. No, we're not going out on my favourite Delta Goodrum song of all time. No. Yeah, it's we about going... bloody Connor. Yeah, we're... No, that Born to Try is about Connor. Oh, we're sorry, going... that's all right. We're going out on an unplugged song. We're going out on the pers- the man behind the Neighbours theme song, Dan Warner, danwarnermusic.com.au, did a cover of a Lisa Mitchell song, Coin Laundry, and I just thought in honour of... Harlow, back down in the depths of hell, in the loin, in the loin laundry, in the laundry, <laughs> the laundry. <laughs> we would enjoy. Damn, coin laundry, it's taking us out. Thanks for listening, gang. We'll do this a couple more. Do it a couple more times. Bye. Bye. So there I was sitting on the top of the world in the coin laundry. I could have been royalty, sitting in the palace like. Do you have a dollar? Do you have a dollar for me? Have you got a house in the hills and a bed for three? Do you have a story? Do you have a story for me? Tell me about the ways when you were 17. Now I'm here, sitting on the edge, throwing these stones at a long-lost friend. I could have been comedy, sitting in the dirt quite happily. Do you have a dollar? Do you have a dollar for me? Maybe just a house in the hill, a lemon tree. Do you have a memory? Do you have a memory for me? Do you know the one where we all live happily?
have a dollar? Do you have a dollar for me? Hello, maybe just an hour or two and a pot of tea. Do you have a memory? Do you have a reason for me? Hello, can I be the boy that you met in the coin laundry? Can I be the boy that you met? Can I be the boy that you met? Can I be the boy that you met in the coin laundry? Hello, do you have a dollar? Do you have a dollar? Do you have a dollar for me? Do you have a dollar?